is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Huar, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. All right, let's go with the Brock and Salk show this morning. Hello, everybody, here on Seattle Sports. On 710seattlesports.com and the Seattle Sports app, plus all the podcast platforms. Thanks for uh, starting a Monday morning off with us. Bright and early, bright and chipper. Kind of a, it was kind of a slow sports weekend. Let's not, let's not pretend that this was like a huge sports weekend. It's like the Pro Bowl and yeah, the yeah, AT&T, Pebble Beach. Oh, I, Pebble I've had Beach. to put together around the weekend. Right. But yeah, Pebble Beach got rained out yesterday. Yeah. So it's like one of those sports weekends where you're like, uh, you got something else to do. <laughs> Thankfully, it was nice out, right? Yeah. Went outside quite a bit. Spent a lot of time with the puppy who's really coming along. She's doing great. She's, she walked more this weekend. No joke. She not even an exaggeration. She walked more this weekend than Wendell did in 14 years. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We walked so- her from our house. We went up to Tangletown. We came back down. We went somewhere else. We came over here and she's happily trotting around the whole time. We probably walked total over the course of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know, four and a half mile, four or five miles with her. No problem. She's just happily trotting her way. I was always under the impression that this was just a later in life Wendell thing. He didn't like walking, but he was not going to walk later. But you're saying from puppy on, he's like, yeah, we're not doing this. Yeah, we're not doing it. Yeah. No, just flat no. <laughs> oh, you want me to go? No. I'm going to stand right here. In fact, I'm <laughs> Heather was yelled at by a homeless person in Seattle Center once because they were <sighs> screaming at her for dragging her dog. <laughs> She's like, the freaking thing won't move. Like, what do you want in my life? Pick him up. Yeah. So, no, I, I, it, was a, it was a big week for Gertie, or big weekend, rather, for Gertie. So that All was right. uh, that was a lot of fun. I got to tell you, and and obviously we'll talk a lot of sports today. I'm really excited to talk about what the Mariners did. Excited to talk a little bit about uh, the Huskies having a Carroll and a Belichick as their two coordinators, which is just like – the careers of those two people and how intertwined they are and how much I've been around both of them during their careers is just, I don't know. The whole thing is just kind of weird, but um, I got to start with the Grammys last night. I'm sorry. That was so phenomenal. It was the best. First of all, it's the best Grammys I can remember since I was a kid and it might've been the best award show I've seen in forever. What made it so good? A whole from- bunch of things. I'm glad you asked. Justin, thank you for I asking. I didn't get to see it. I was I went to a going away yeah. party for a friend last night. I, I missed all of it. You guys didn't watch it? No. Oh, well, look. The I only will- thing I saw was the uh, fast car. That was Twitter really good. Later. Let me start by saying that I'm kind of in a sweet spot for the Grammys again, because you know I loved it when I was a kid between the Grammys and the AMAs. Like that was... Like, you know, mandatory viewing in my house as a kid. Okay. And then, like a lot of people of my age, when the very first heavy metal Grammy went to Jethro Tull over Metallica, it really soured me on the Grammys for a long time afterwards. And then, even as a few years ago, you're watching it like, I didn't know anybody who was performing or on it, and it just... You know, the categories, which they even admit and make fun of, all sort of sound alike. And it's hard to tell the difference between record and album and song and performance and artist. You're just like, these things are all the same. Yeah. So I, uh, but now I got kids, right, who are right in the prime demo. So when Dua Lipa opens the Grammys, my kids are all in. 
I mean, that's like Cecily. She saw Dua Lipa when she was here. Like, she's all in on Dua Lipa. They were all in on everything Taylor Swift did, obviously. They were, you know, I, I personally not a big Travis Scott fan. They were all in on Travis Scott. So, like, all of that has sort of brought it back around to me because now I know a lot of the art. I know who Doja Cat is, and oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so, all that's changed. Back. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But that's not why it was such a great award show. And I really wish I'm going to try to tie this back into sports a little because it's unfortunately something that I don't think sports does very well. And I'm not sure it can. The ability uh, to combine what's old and what's new together into one performance or together on stage is really phenomenal. And unfortunately, you can't really do that in sports. You can't have, you know. Randy Johnson come out now and pitch to Julio. Sure. It just doesn't it yeah. doesn't work that way. Physically those things, yeah. I but get you it. can bring Tracy Chapman out to play with Luke Holmes and it was really beautiful. You can bring Annie Lennox out to sing uh Sinead O'Connor and it might have been better than the original. It was phenomenal. You know, you can you can combine these stars together and you know, you can have Stevie Wonder singing with Tony Bennett, which was incredible. Uh, as part of the in memoriam stuff. So all of that, I just, I really thought it was wonderfully done and uh, I just really enjoyed it last night. So uh, I don't think I was alone. I saw I'm a lot of go people. back and watch these performances. Yeah, there was some really cool stuff. I saw a lot of people kind of mentioning that it was uh, I, I mean, honestly, back. we all saw the, 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 X takeover last night of the Taylor Swift album release. So then I was like, okay, well, clearly something large Well, so happened. she did that, too. So she announced that after she won one of her yeah. awards. She said, hey, here you go. And my kids are, like, jumping off the walls excited, <laughs> right? Like, yep. the fact that she released a poem and all. I mean, like, it was uh, it was pretty cool. So I, uh, I definitely enjoyed last night. I thought it was a lot of fun. I also, the night before, had watched the uh, We Are the World documentary. Oh, The Greatest Night in Pop. Yeah. So did you watch it? Yes. Phenomenally well Unbelievably done. Unbelievably well, yes. All right, so then I'll ask you quickly. Who did you think came off best in that entire thing? Uh, probably Stevie Wonder. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Stevie, I don't know. Stevie comes off well, and certainly the part with Bob Dylan is great. Right, he saves Bob. He also seems like he'd be kind of annoying to hang out with. Yeah, he was difficult at one point, but I still thought he like, was the one that ended up being. Hey, the man, you're trying to like put this into into Swahili. They don't even speak that. Thing. Like, come on, man, you're making this harder than it needs. Yeah, it's well intentioned though. I thought Diana Ross came off incredibly well, and I thought Huey Lewis, of course, came off incredibly well. It's like one of my favorite singers ever. So that was great. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I was a little surprised to see that in 1985 there was still a category at the AMAs for best black artist. Like, what? <laughs> that was something we did like in yeah. my lifetime. Yeah, like that was uh, that was a bit much. But anyway, uh, so it was a big music weekend for me, and yeah, sports and music together, like in my life, have always sort of been these two like great pillars of what entertainment is more so for me the movies and tv not that i don't like those things but sports and and music for me was always you know the biggest so that's what carried you anyway uh really really cool night last night if you did get to watch it uh, i'm glad for you and if not then uh, maybe go back and spend a few minutes on it we got so much cool stuff to talk about today uh the mariners made another move in adding gregory santos who's not a big name I mean, this is not the same as signing Matt Chapman. But go look at the numbers. Go look at the projections. Hmm. 
all of a sudden, they may have replaced Paul Seawald with somebody better than Paul Seawald. Yeah, I just went this morning. I was sitting in the sports pits watching just like a montage of strikeouts. I'm yep. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That oh. was pre- that was pretty cool. And he's young. He's 24 years old, five years of control. And if you look at the Fangraphs projections, uh, they have him projected to be the best reliever in the league this year. Hmm. No biggie, just the best reliever in the league. And in fact, they have... The Mariners with three of the top 11. I think they had Munoz at nine or 10, something like that. And yeah. Brash at 11. Yeah. And you know, health is going to be a concern, honestly, with all three of those guys. That's going to be, as we said last week, like the story and the slogan for this year is can this team stay healthy? Right. There's going to be a, when healthy, they can do such and such. But he is yet another guy. Throws 101, 98-mile-an-hour sinker, ridiculous slider. I mean, he really looks pretty similar to Munoz in the stuff that he throws. And you start thinking about both of those guys back-to-back. And I talked to a friend in Chicago, give you some of that info, and got some of uh, a, a little of who Munoz is, or uh, uh, Santos is. But his biggest quote that I thought everybody would like was, he scared really good hitters late in games. Mm. He mm-hmm. scared really good hitters late in games. Veteran hitters who know what they were doing, who were like, eh, I don't really want to be part of this right now. So, again, I, 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 I feel in a weird spot with the Mariners where every time I tell you something positive, it has to be like, you know, prefaced with the negative first. Like, I know that they still didn't do X, Y, and Z, but how about A, B, and C? And... I guess we'll just have to keep doing that until or unless they prove themselves to be better than people think they're going to be this year. And I'm not mad at you if you tuned out after Jerry's comments or after they traded Kelnick and, you know, the Suarez and everything else they did to create payroll flexibility. I'm I'm with you. I get it. I'm not mad at you. I promise. But I also have a job to do, and I do actually like most of the moves they've made since. They need to make one more. And it's it's if if I worked in that building, I would walk in today, I'd make an appointment with the boss, and I'd say, I, I know we have pay, payroll issues, I know we have financial issues with Root Sports and all the RSN stuff. Sign Matt Chapman. Yeah, he's yeah, not my favorite player, by the way. I'm not like a huge Matt Chapman fan, but that's a like three to four win player. Same with Bellinger. They're both in that range. Bellinger's a little better player. I think Chapman probably has a little bit better fit on this roster just because he plays third base. But that's like a one to two win upgrade over what you got at third base right now. You do that, you're one of the better teams in the league. You're not that far away. With this rotation, this new bullpen, and some of the other changes you made this year, little upgrades, you're not that far away. So I don't know. If it would happen, I'm not going to tell you it would. I'm sure that the Mariners have checked in with those guys. They're both Boris guys, by the way. Mm. But as we sit here, almost mid-February, what, a week away from from teams reporting to spring training? You're not that far away. And if it just takes one, are you willing to get it done? All right, coming back, uh, we will give you guys everything you need to know, including the latest names being discussed for the Seahawks coaching searches uh, at the coordinator spots. That's next on Brock and Salk Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. 
up first. Well, with Mike McDonald and John Schneider at the Senior Bowl all weekend, haven't had a lot of like big announcements on the whole assistant coaching front, but doesn't mean they weren't busy. Longtime defensive assistant head coach uh, Leslie Frazier is reportedly signed up to be the assistant head coach, and you got to assume that he will play a large role on this defensive staff. Lofa Tatupu liked it. I think it's a huge adjustment, putting the staff together, and, and who can you just mentioned Frazier. I mean, that's a quality coach right there, and so the first time putting a staff together is the hardest for that's where I think most coaches have a difficult time you know McDonald's coached for a while now uh, even though he is only 36 and you know he coached with both Harbaugh so I'm guessing that the network that they have you know that he'll be picking their brains and then you can't hire everybody right yeah I really like the idea of Leslie Frazier not gonna lie I like that a lot um that guy got so much out of those Buffalo defenses during his time there the last few years His teams are usually very physical. They get after it, gang tackling, the whole thing. So I I, I like that move a lot. And I do wonder if it's almost like the Manny Acta to Scott Service type of a thing, where when Scott was a rookie manager, you brought in a Manny Acta to be the bench coach, third base coach, in a guy that, you know, had done it a few times before and just sort of knew knew the rope. So... Uh, I really like the deal. Uh, Jonathan Jones, CBS, reporting the Chiefs D-line coach Joe Cullen may be in play for the defensive coordinator job. And then on the offensive side, we're still waiting. Ryan Grubb sure seems to be the fan favorite. I know that the Seahawks seem to have some continued interest in Mike Kafka, but the Giants don't seem to be particularly willing to uh, to let that happen. In any event, they're making progress and looking forward to uh, to seeing what they get done probably within the next couple of days. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, the offseason really started off about as badly as it could for the Mariners between the PR disaster at the end of the year, the frustrated clubhouse, the revelation that payroll wasn't growing as expected. So not going to blame anyone if you just stopped paying attention after that or maybe you didn't want to hear about what's happened since. I get it. But without the aid of payroll flexibility, they have quietly revamped this roster. Took another big step this weekend, acquiring one of the better relievers in the league in Gregory Santos. Three and two. Struck him out. Bases loaded, nobody out. And Santos with sorcery. Yeah, he had a phenomenal year in Chicago. He'll be here for the next five projects with similar level of stuff to Andres Munoz. So essentially, you've now replaced what you lost last year in Seawald. If somebody else internally can step up into what Justin Topa did last year, all of a sudden you got a really good bullpen again to go with a nasty rotation, to go with a, let's call it slightly improved offense. Honestly, I think you're still one bat away, but you sure look a whole lot closer than you did, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. They also signed former Red Sox reliever Heath Hembry to a minor league deal. He's the guy who used to have all the scraggly hair, but now seems to have cut that down and looks a little bit more uh, presentable <laughs> for the people this year. Here's the third thing you need to know. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's Super Week. Maybe you didn't know, but it is Super Bowl week. It kicked off at the Pro Bowl, or at least what's left of it last night. NFC, or yesterday, the weekend, I don't know how you want to categorize it. The NFC defeated the AFC in the Pro Bowl 64-59. to Now, that was that the like combined scoring of all the different events? It adds up to 60. I, you know what? I don't watch any of it. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I really, I apologize. I did not watch single one snap or... sec. I didn't know it was on. I didn't know where to look. 
I did not spend any time on that. Uh, the results of the Senior Bowl probably don't matter much more than that, but the observations of the practice week do. Our guy Matt Miller from ESPN on a couple of the quarterbacks from the Pac-12. Today, they were crisp. Today was, okay, these guys look like NFL quarterbacks today. Uh, both look great. Penix, the arm strength is, is so obvious in person. The ball just flies out of his hand. He's such an impressive thrower. Knicks, you get more of the total package. You know, you get someone who's, you know, got good accuracy, really good mobility, smart player, uh, a really good leader. You can see that in practices. So it's, it's easy to understand why, you know, these players have such a, a good reputation and why NFL teams are so excited about them. Yeah, I uh, I get it. Certainly with Penix, I'm still a little confused on the whole Knicks thing. By the way, UW does have a defensive coordinator now, and you should be familiar with at least the last name, Steve Belichick has accepted the job, which means he and Brendan Carroll are going to be the two coordinators. Just like we all thought. I can't even, I can't get over that. That's everything you need to know. I can't get over that one. Wait, Brendan's, we found out was 44, right? So how old is Steve? He's got to be in the same range, maybe a little bit younger. I would say okay. just looking at him, but I mean, younger. he's got to be probably in his 30s, I would oh, think. 36. Just found a different Steve Belichick, 86. No. Yeah, that's his dad. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> coach. 30, 36. 36? Yeah. Okay, so a little bit eight-year difference between them. But I, I just, the, 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 the just interwoven nature of the careers of Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. And, I mean, you know, for those who don't understand or know the whole story, I mean, remember, you know, Belichick comes up under Bill Parcells. Parcells coaches first in, in New York together. Then Parcells goes to the Patriots. Then he quits basically after the Super Bowl, right? Takes half the team with him to the Jets. Takes half the team with him to the Jets, including, <laughs> you know, Belichick goes over there with him. And then, you know, Curtis Martin, a whole bunch of guys. And then Pete Carroll comes in to replace him. And at first, everyone's like, this is a party. This is great. It's so much fun. And then a year or two in, it's a total disaster. And players are going, you know, back behind his back to the GM. And Bob Kraft allowed it. It's a total mess. So they fire Pete. Belichick gets hired to replace Parcells as the head coach of the Jets. And then on the day it's announced, resigns to go work for the Patriots. The whole thing is crazy, right? <laughs> and then, of course, years later, there's the Super Bowl. And, you know, then they they basically are forced out within a few days of each other, right? Yeah. Put it all together. It is an incredibly strange think situation. think we're going to see him in the stands <laughs> cheering on their kids? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't – I think they both respect each other quite a bit. It's hard to imagine how they could be friendly just given the, like – the nature of why they would ever be in contact with each other and then just the distinct and 180 degree difference in personalities. But maybe. Yeah, who knows? Maybe this thing will bring them together. Maybe we're going to get the Pete and Bill podcast with Nick Saban as the yep. you know guest host. Who knows? 150 years combined of coaching between Un the three. Unbelievable. And uh, maybe Pete can bring up the whole uh, Croatian thing. We'll just talk, uh, talk Croatia for a while. That both you said... Bill likes to talk history. Yes. Does Pete. 
I mean, yeah, maybe they'll imagine. be talking about uh, who is it? Pete always likes to talk about the old Vikings coach, right? I mean, like they'll be getting after Tom Landry stuff, and who knows? That'd All be right. fascinating. Bora's going to take us around the weekend. There was uh, some stuff going on, even if it wasn't like the biggest sports weekend in the world. There were some interesting, uh, interesting deals that Mora will take us through, and I'm sure she's going to spend a while on the course record being shot at Pebble Beach. That's all coming up. Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports. Postponed seven, or canceled. Ten. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. That's a good question from the 509. Uh, will Bill and Pete be chopping it up on the Husky sideline this week, this oh, year? question for Mora. Yeah. Mora, thoughts? Of course. <laughs> All the cool people do. All, all, all the hit people are chopping up. Of those up. two, which one do you think would be more likely to use the phrase chop it up? <laughs> I like the I idea. I don't know. I want to say Pete, would... but Pete doesn't use, like, he just uses phrases that you don't ever Right, use. yeah. We're, it's going to be a beautiful situation with the two of us, you know, just to have an opportunity, championship a opportunity. A gorgeous opportunity. Marvelous. Yeah. And then Bill, did you see Bill took out an ad in the paper this weekend? That was, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, thanked the fans and uh, really thanked them for uh, for some of the suggestions they made to him over the years. I thought that was pretty good. So, uh, yeah. All right. Maura, what happened this weekend? Oh, so much. <laughs> I was thinking about you during the weekend. I was like, what the hell is Maura going to do for on the weekend? <laughs> well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start off with a little... Uh, Apple Cup basketball. Apple Cup basketball. They still play basketball. They do. (laughs) Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if I believe. I saw a lot of chatter about this actually over the weekend. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) The Cougs won a back and forth overtime thriller of an Apple Cup over UW Saturday night. Washington State went into halftime with a four point lead. It was a one score game for almost the entire second half, really back and forth. UW was up 82 81 when forward Moses Wood was fouled. He made his first free throw, but missed the second to make it 83-81. And UW, with 11 seconds remaining, had Isaac Jones lay down a big dunk to tie it. And then UW guard Severe Wheeler uh, stumbled and kind of lost his handles trying to fly down the court with four seconds left to get a shot off. So we go to OT. Whoa, you missed. So now, let's see where the Cougars go. Rice. Rice sets up Jones who dunks overtime. 4.1. Still enough time for the Huskies. Pressure the ball. Don't let Wheeler get a run at you. Wheeler running start. Wheeler stumbling, throwing it up. And Bill Walton's wish comes true. We (laughs) have overtime. Wow. Bill's so excited. (laughs) Just can't hide it. Wow. Well, if you were making up the names of all of the players involved in this game, I would have no way to fact check you. Okay. Well, I'm not. <laughs> just so you know. I'm just saying happy. you could be. Husky fans have not been happy about the basketball team. Yeah. I, you know, when Brock, frustration. I was thinking about this. So, you know, it was almost 15 years ago we started doing this show for the first time, and the Husky Hoops team was a big deal at the time. You guys used to talk a lot more. A lot yeah, of Husky When I hoops. used to fill in on this show. Man, and I, and I really enjoyed it, Brock. I mean, nothing gets Brock's water moving, so to speak, more <laughs> than Husky basketball. He gets passionate. He gets angry. He is like full on obsessed fan. Probably reminds him of Cordy Molly. I'm sure it does. <laughs> but it it just hasn't been like that for the last yeah. five to yeah, seven years. And, you know, it's really been, I would say it's since Romar, but it's not. It really started even before the end for Lorenzo Romar. It just hasn't, it hasn't been the same. 
And I like Mike Hopkins personally. I've met him, ended up playing golf with him in a scramble. I really enjoyed talking to him and being around him. But the level of irrelevancy right now of this program is shocking. It's pretty rough. It's shocking. I used to be able to no, and this is, I mean, maybe some of this is me, but I don't think I'm alone. I used to be able to tell you literally every player on the Husky team down to the guys on the bench that weren't getting a lot of run. I, I, I can't name one. Mm. I have not watched a Husky hoops game in so long. I can't even account. And it was on. I was at uh, dinner with Cecily and Heather on Saturday and it was on in the bar and we uh, chose to watch some of the women's hoops game because we were more interested in that. Like, I want to see what Caitlin Clark's yeah. doing. Sorry. That's a lot more fun to watch. It's rough. She's uh, awesome. She is. She went off too. I know at the NBA All-Star Maryland. game, I'm excited they're going to have Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu I saw uh, that. go against each other in the three-point contest. Yeah. You know who's going to win? Larry Bird. <laughs> Larry Bird's going to somehow <laughs> find a way to win that thing. Like, yeah, no, I'm here. What? I'm going to win. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's good. That's how they're going to do the Grammys thing. They're going to oh, bring Larry yeah. Bird in as part of the three-point contest. Well, I don't. You, you probably didn't see this unless you were really following along on Twitter there. But uh, head coach uh, Jed Fish was welcome there at the the game as well. Well, that's nice. To come out with the microphone, talk, talk to the crowd. He seems like he'd be good at that. Keep chopping it up. Yes. Chop it up. Chop, chop it up, up with the, the fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In overtime, Washington State forward Miles Rice hit a three with one minute and fifty-four seconds left. That turned out to seal the victory for the Cougs. No points were scored after that. What time was left? <laughs> one minute and 54 seconds. Jeez. Yes. The Huskies had one last shot after a jump ball was called, and they inbounded the ball with 0.4 seconds left, but they could not get a quality shot off. They hadn't scored in an almost here. two minutes. No time was added. Four seconds. The Cougars could foul, though, to oh. deny the three-point shot, yeah. but just don't foul the three-point exactly. shooter. Exactly. Yeah. Isaac Jones high above. And it's Brooks. No, no foul. Washington State wins. And the Cougars' dominance over the Huskies continues. That's 7-2 and two over the last nine games, all true? in the Kyle Smith era. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeesh. Washington State Not good. is yeah, like currently good, in right? second place in the Pac-12 behind Arizona with a 16-6 and six record. The Huskies are 10th at 12-10. and 12-10? and 10? In the Pac-12, yeah. 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 They've played 22 games? It's, you've been I thought distracted. this was like the first oh game of the goodness. year. You have been distracted for the last month and a half here. There's been a lot going on. Yeah, a lot of Husky Hoops <laughs> conversation. <laughs> we need to get Mark Few on again for you. That's, yeah, one, of, that's one of the only times I've seen you geek out I over I was just going to ask you, like, would you go to a Gonzaga game? I have. Oh, Brock and have? I went to one a few years ago. It was great. I know you actually went to So much fun. Day. Yeah, we drove out there with Pride Moore. And we had an awesome time. Stayed overnight at the casino there, which oh, was it really so nice. Fun. Northern Quest. Northern Quest, yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice place. Great rooms. Yeah. Nice place inside. The drag races where you should be out there. Oh, really? I love that. Area. Yeah, and we got to go to the kennel. It was awesome. They oh, blew I'd out. Love to do that. Uh, who did they beat? It wasn't St. Mary's. It must have been, um, I don't know. It was fun, though. Yeah. We had a really good time. I want to do one. Justin's trying to make some show plans. I yeah, I, seriously. We were talking about Ludacris in the break. Let's go see Luda. <laughs> So can we go see Luda? Yes, we can. It is accessible. It's, it's just Thursday, Thursday night. night. And it's still, we, Friday shows kind of write themselves, right? Kinda. It's also opening week of the Mariners, so like they're gonna have just. I mean, Luda Chris is old now too. He won't go too late, will he? How late could Luda possibly go? That's a great point. <laughs> That's a terrific point. He's not gonna be on that late. I heard some Luda this Luda, weekend. How old is like, Luda Chris? Is forty six now. So he's he'll be the oh he's older than me. He's middle aged. He's older than me. 
They're not going to be playing past 11. Not older than Heather, though, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> she loves to hear it. I want to go. I want to go see Luda. Uh, I'll all do right. it. I kind of do, too. Let's do it. All right. All right. All right. April 4th. Um, so we have some new news uh, coming out about uh, how everything went down with the commander's job search and some of the candidates that they had in common with the Seahawks. Okay. Um, there is an athletic report out this morning um, with Ben Standig and I think this is Diana Rossini again. Um, they, She's on fire. Yeah. So it says once, John, er, once Johnson was out of the running, the commanders thought they were going to get McDonald until the Seahawks swooped in with more money, league sources told mm. the athletic. And then this also says later, uh, Washington more than checked in before McDonald committed. And another indicator is that they said the typical term length for a head co- for a head coach contract is four to five years. McDonald agreed to a six-year deal, so Seahawks were getting a little leverage there. Yeah. Um. So they they, they fought for their guy and left the Commanders kind of a. I mean, if you're Mike McDonald, going for second place between the two franchises. It doesn't sound like a really difficult decision, does it? No, but let me let me write the other side of that, which is you're Mike McDonald. You have been in the East Coast your entire career. You're living in Baltimore. To go from Baltimore to D.C. is like moving across the street. I mean, those two cities are almost next yeah, to each right. other. They share airports. And you have the number two pick in the draft and a new ownership group. It's not like it's the Dan Snyder-led Washington team. So... I mean, yes, I understand that there's still reputations and who the heck knows what's really going on in the new version of the commanders. But the flip side is, you know, since Paul Allen has passed away, this isn't exactly been like the spendiest franchise and you don't know what the future is with Jody and selling, etc. So, yeah, plus you got to replace a legend here in Pete Carroll versus replacing Ron Rivera and a litany of other bad coaches over the course of the last 20 years, basically, in Washington. So I can see how both jobs have the pluses and minuses. Good on the Seahawks for getting it done. If this is the guy they wanted, don't mess around over a year of a coaching salary. I mean, that should be nothing. If this is the guy you want, get the guy you want. I'm glad they did. Well, when... Also, Wade- Diana Rossini comes at your franchise go the run the other way yeah man the stuff she'll she got take on, you apart the stuff she got on the jets last yeah. week um yeah she's doing i was wondering when she said she signed on with the athletic i was curious because she's mostly done television reporting right what is she going to do for the athletic but yeah dominate yeah she's yeah. doing great yeah. um so well when talking about weighing the two franchises now there is a report from jenna lane of espn um about ben johnson you know reportedly not interviewing well with them and then choosing to stay in Detroit while mm-hmm. they were on their flight to mm-hmm. come interview him and Aaron Glenn. Um, she said she was told that Ben Johnson was, quote, turned off by commander's ownership, that they're basketball guys, and felt they were a little too confident in their football opinions. Mm. I also heard that he didn't interview well. He said clearly not a fit for both sides. That was in Washington, not here. In Washington, yes. The, the, well, because they just hired a bunch of NBA high ups right so oh, i remember that then yeah. they uh, they asked the uh, old warriors gm to be their like consultant on yeah. the whole hiring process thing yeah i um pete wasn't happy about what people that don't know no ball non, telling them what to do people, yeah. how would you feel about people that know a whole other kind of ball <laughs> they're just so different too um i would i would be interested to see what happens next year with ben johnson I I have no idea what the real story is. I, too, have heard that he did not interview particularly well. 
that to see him and Mike McDonald sort of back to back was night and day in terms of, you know, what, um, you know, just the way they presented in a room and, and con- commanded the attention of the people around them. But I also would believe very strongly that the Seahawks had an interest in going on the offensive side of the ball. And some of the things John said during the process would certainly lead you to believe that. So I don't know whether he pulled himself out for real or if the teams both said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Regardless, I think we'll fi- probably find out a little bit more next year. And his his job opening window is, you know, not going anywhere for a little while, you would yeah. think. All right, it's what you've been waiting for. You ready for some Pro Bowl? Oh, I thought you were going to get to Wyndham Clark. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, The NFC defeated the AFC in the Pro Bowl 64-59, as you mentioned earlier. Although Eli Manning (laughs) thought that uh, during the game, uh, he and Peyton both had some complaints about the officiating. And for a while there, I think he thought something else might have been going on. Mm. How much did Peyton pay these refs? Ridiculous. What did he give them? Sign the rebellion? Oh. <laughs> Talking to Peyton there? Yeah. Peyton off the rest of sign memorabilia. Okay. <laughs> I mean, how more I didn't get to watch it. Like, did you see was was the flag football format just that much better? I know they've done this a couple years now, but uh they did the flag one last year, too. Yeah, right. I believe. Yeah. It's I mean, I don't know. It's definitely not what it used to be. No. I had it on in the background. It's fun to see the guys interacting with each other, but not it was nice out yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it was pretty nice out, and I didn't want to watch that. I just don't I just don't care. Okay. I can't well, I like it's really it. hard for me to watch it. <laughs> did anything like did anybody fight? Well let me talk about some Seahawks. Goodness. Oh, okay, yeah. Geno Smith had some struggles in the flag football game. Oh, going great. fifteen for twenty one for on, 154 Gino. yards, two oh. touchdowns, three interceptions. Three picks? But he did score two touchdowns and hit DK for this two point conversion. All right, they're going to go for two here. Mm-hmm. Try to get within three. It's just staying, Snap it's just staying, from the 10. You know, so what's that? Uh, that's a blitz. You know that's a blitz. Oh, oh what a catch. DK from Gino. That's something they run time and time again. You know, Van Pelt doesn't sound very interesting. <laughs> that was a yeah. catch. A little <laughs> underwhelming there. And then Bobby Wagner and Julian Love got to team up on this pass breakup uh, from CJ Stroud as they both kind of arrived to the intended receiver and swatted the ball simultaneously. Can they do it? Joker to play big. Deflected. Broken up by a combination of Julian Love and Bobby Wagner in the NFC. Gets a stop. Hayden puts the rookie out there. Stroud, who had been brilliant in this game with a couple of touchdown passes, but the NFC's defense rises up. Yet Stroud had the best game of any of the quarterbacks, I think, but I guess Baker got MVP because he was on the winning side. I mean, he probably played a lot of seven-on-seven, right, which is basically flag football. (laughs) What, um... Can you imagine trying to cover DK in flag football? No. No pads on. Well, you know who really excelled yesterday, and that was Keenan Allen, and I know you like him. I do like him. He had, like, nine catches for 90 Did he really? Yeah. Wasn't Keenan Allen, like, hurt all year? How was he even at the Pro Bowl? He tends to get banged up a lot, but I don't think anything was serious. I like him, though. Yeah, Yeah. he's fun to watch. You just have unbelievable body control. Just this, the more is right though. Like the Pro Bowl is all just to see the player interactions. Their helmets are off. They can actually enjoy themselves. They can smack talk. They're mic'd right. up. That's the best part. Of Do we have more highlights from the Pro Bowl? I'd like, no. I'd like a few more Pro but Bowl speaking highlights. Speaking of what Justin did said, did you cut Pro Bowl highlights? Is that what you did this weekend? You you were like, what's more, we're going to talk about this. Is what... 
to what Justin said, the player interaction <laughs> is the best part. And the Seahawks posted this video of Bobby Wagner telling Devin Witherspoon and Darius Slay that they can't beat him in basketball. Devin Witherspoon was not having it. Oh. You don't stand a chance. You, go, you don't stand a chance either. Who? He talking to you. I'm from Florida. I'm from around here. You know they don't play yeah, basketball yeah, in Florida. We can hoop, though. We can hoop, though. We can hoop, though. Yeah, I can. You can't run at all on the court. <laughs> I can go past you. Yes, I can. I know, but I know a thousand percent I can go past you. I'm running past you in basketball all day long. You don't play no basketball. All, all day long. You don't play no basketball. I don't watch you lose. I watch you lose already. In the team, me. Y'all lost to the coaches. No, no, you, no, they no, you lost and you asked for two more rounds. <laughs> How you gonna lose and be like, no, it's the best of three? I think we saw some other people running by Bobby this Bobby year. Bobby accused the coaches of cheating when they. That sounds him. right. Yeah. <laughs> seems seems like something that probably happened. You <laughs> beat Carol fighting some way to <laughs> cheat. Uh, I think KJ can weigh in on that. You asked him before who's the best hooper. I know Bobby's real into his hoops ability. Yeah. He talks a lot of, about that. I, uh, I actually went to a, a basketball gym this weekend. To play basketball with Cecily. Oh, whoop. yeah. Oh, we, yeah. She's been working on it. Just, right, just, just the right. two of us. Yeah. Yeah. We went. Uh, spent about two hours at the Green Lake Community Center. Just the two of us in the gym. It's great. How's that progress? Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I had to teach her a little defensive slide. Okay. She's like, "Can I just run?" Like, "No, you have to slide." Mm. So, but this hurts. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's Welcome to basketball. No game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you told us that the thing a is, slide and like a defensive slide, like the way you move your feet. Okay. Yeah. Was it the end of last season? You were like, "Hold me to it. I want to watch more college women's hoops." Yeah. Are you doing it? Yep. Awesome. Yeah, watch some Stanford. Basically, I'll watch either Stanford or Iowa if they're on. Okay. Yeah. Well, Hannah Jump, Cameron Brink, Stanford. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll watch one of those two things. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking to I'm it. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, and Cecily really likes it, so I'll watch it with her. The kids are super into uh, super into watching Caitlin Clark. Uh, 253 points out more. Didn't cut Pro Bowl highlights. She chopped them up. Oh, that's, good. that's witty. <laughs> that's I like that. That's becoming a thing. Oh, man, that's good. That's never going to die. No. Yeah. Well, I know we don't talk much soccer, but it was pretty big news over the weekend that Seattle will host four group stage and two knockout matches for the Men's World Cup when it comes here in 2026. Mm. And that's including one match with the U.S. men's national team taking place June 19th. Uh, Lumenfield will reportedly have to, they have artificial, or they have to have... Field turf, uh, right? Yes, they have to have grass for the event, but right now it's artificial turf. Mm. So I don't know what when that change is going to take yeah, place. But, uh, and then Chris Daniels from Como posted saying that the Seattle Organizing Committee had previously said the financial impact and attention for this would be equivalent to multiple Super Bowls. Multiple Super Bowls. And this is starting June 19th in Seattle. Oh, the USA stages. June 15th. June 15th, the group stages. and then Yeah, make the sure USA you get the stages. dates right in 2026. Is this before or after Metallica? Yeah, I was going to ask you what concert is all awesome. <laughs> Which comes first? <laughs> Metallica <laughs> plays or, or Metallica is going to rock your face off in five years. <laughs> They're going to play on grass? Love that. Um, I'm totally willing to rent my house out for those two weeks and go on vacation. From what, what? I've heard, you can get a fortune. Renting out your house. I mean, there are going to be a. This is your first thought. Ton. Yes. A ton. Look, I've been very clear. I don't like the sport. It's not of interest to me. I don't watch the World Cup. I don't care. The city's going to be a zoo. And if there's like significant money to be made on my house, I will absolutely rent it out. Make me an offer. I will rent out my house 
And you can't I'll be on the show for two weeks. People will forget you have a show. That's fine. <laughs> Mariners are still playing during this let time. Me, let me let me be very <laughs> let me be incredibly clear. First of all, it's not for two years. We may not. Brock and I have never been able to go that long with the show anyway. <laughs> One of us will quit by then. Plus, nobody wants me on the air during that time. That's that's fair. <laughs> You don't want me on the air during we'll get that time. To fill in because you can talk soccer. Yes, have Matt come in and host the two <laughs> weeks. You know I root against the U.S. You know I like I hate the sport. Jeez, I am happy to rent out my house. Okay, hate is a tough way to explain. No, shoe fits, well, Justin. Text in if you want to rent South South. Yeah, well, shoe uh, or know fits. Someone who does. It should be nice and affordable for you too, <laughs> since it's gonna be this busy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, last little note here. We, we already kind of mentioned it. Michael Penix Jr. opted not to play in the Senior Bowl. Um, decision that's really becoming more common. I think, you know, Brock had told us he expected it um, since he got some good work in practice and doesn't want to risk injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool to hear that he made a good impression. Um, Jets defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich was down there as a coach, and this is what he had to say about what he saw from him that week. It was really cool to, for a guy that hasn't been under center a lot, obviously hasn't had the speaker in his helmet, to see him kind of transition and, and learn that. Um, obviously, that's an NFL thing, not a college thing. So to see him get better every single day of practice. And, um, yeah, he's a special talent. He really is. Like, he's a, he's a guy that, that I don't want to play against, you know. <laughs> so um, I think he's got a bright future in this league. That's the that's the best compliment you can get, right? Yeah. I don't want to play against you. Yeah. I like this compliment. Three six zero says, in all honesty, Salk, we don't want you in the show most weeks. <laughs> ah, that's nice. Thanks Thank for you. Being, thanks for being here. That does feel good. Appreciate that. That's a way to start my Monday. Thank you. That's <laughs> yeah, nice. That's really great. Two years from now, you and Brock will have quit and, re- and reunited. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> There's a decent chance that that's the case. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um, the uh, the U.S. Open. There are people in the university place down there who. Are, Pretty nice money renting their houses out because all, all the golfers have to rent their own places too. I right? know. So, well, so let me know if somebody's got to, you know, make me an offer. Make me an offer. <laughs> uh, speaking of golf, uh, since I know more did not have this on our list, legitimately, it was pretty cool on Saturday as Wyndham Clark broke the course record at Pebble Beach, shot a 60, and it very easily could have been a 57. Oh. His putts on 16, 17, and 18. We're all short by between one and four rotations of the ball. What, did you, six, shoot, what did you shoot at Pebble Beach? Uh, well, he shot, what did I say, 60? Yeah. Like a 64. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> On the front nine. Okay. On yeah. the front nine. On the front Got nine. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah Maury, you <laughs> asked if it was Tom Brady who set the uh, course record. It was not. Brady, Someone texted it. Well, that's because Brady had a tee shot that he duffed. He just straight up oh, duffed his that. tee shot. I was like, oh, the like, stars are just like us. <laughs> and Brady's a pretty like, good golfer. I know what a duff is. Well, imagine hitting about like four feet. Okay. (laughs) Like he mishit. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I think the ball went farther on the tuck roll play than it did on that (laughs) shot. All right. Thank you, Maura. Great job working with uh, the elements there with not a lot to get to. Maura crushed 25 minutes of around the weekend. Brock Uh, will be in next. Yes, sir. Happy Gilmore's weekend. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that he passed away. Now, do you like him best in that, in Predator or in the Rocky Probably Rocky. Yeah. I mean, he was fun, obviously, in Happy Gilmore, but Rocky is one of He's pretty great in the Rocky movies. All right, coming up next, Leslie Frazier is the one name we know is coming to Seattle. What do we take from that? Brock's got some answers next on Brock and Salk.